superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Welcome back. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Had a good Mother's Day. You took care of your mom, your wife, your baby's mama, whatever you had to do. Uh, Went out to dinner with my mother and my brother and his wife and his young son, David. Also goes by DJ. He is a terror. I, I like him. He's got, he's got a he's got a large upside, uh, a big personality, big smile, like like his energy level. Uh, but obviously, we're here to talk football, and that is what we will do. Uh, I have some talks because uh, talks. I have some thoughts. For a while, it looked like OTAs were going to be canceled, but it looks like the union elites and those super rich players have been outvoted, and uh, something that would never happen in society, but it happened in the NFL, and it really stood out to me. The schedule release is this week. The schedule release. The great part with the NFL, we literally know whatever team that you root for, who your team is playing, and where the games are. We just get to find out what week those games are. And obviously the primetime games, Thursday night games. So I just have a couple things I'm looking for with every team. I mean, the first thing that stands out to me. Uh, I, I saw something Tom Brady has already reached out to Kyle Trask. And I just had some overall thoughts as we kind of move away from this draft on just some philosophies I would have when uh, type guys I would look for when uh, when pulling the trigger on draft picks. Definitely high, high draft picks for sure. Uh, then just some other little things we'll dive into. Of course, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is my Instagram. 
And if you slide in that Instagram, you get your questions answered here on the Middlecoff Mailbag. Also, if you could, and I know many of you have, and I greatly appreciate it, subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast separate from Colin's feed. Also, if you could, on that 3 and Out feed, leave a review. It helps us with selling the show. It helps us with uh, just a- everything we're trying to do here in uh, the 3 and Out podcast world. Quick opinion on the news of the day. Tim Tebow, after I saw Field Yates tweeted, has not played or been on an NFL team in over 3,000 days, almost eight years ago, is back. And my take was over the weekend, I think as this thing started gaining steam, if he's able to make the team at 33 years old at tight end, after taking years off to play baseball and work in the media, it would be his most incredible athletic achievement to date. That includes at Florida. That includes winning a playoff game. That would be incredible. If he can catch, get open, and block defensive ends, I would bet against him. My first take would be, I, I, I think it's an incredible, incredibly difficult ask. I get why they're doing it. No harm, no foul, whatever. I do think if he somehow is able to pull this off and he's like decent and he starts a time, I guess he wouldn't start, but even if he just plays, one, they would move the needle immediately in a college area, right? The South is owned by college football. You even hear like, you know what, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, they're able to be relevant in a college town. That's great. They say the same thing about Atlanta Falcons. Like, it's difficult. It's hard. The only time Tampa's ever relevant is when they win the Super Bowl. So for Tebow, I, listen, I would bet against him making the team. I, I, it's just 33 years old, never played the position. Like, come on, let's just be realistic. And I'm not, not like I'm betting against the human being. I understand, like, I think he's an impressive guy. But if he were to make the team, and they have Tim Tebow, one of the most famous college players easily of my lifetime, definitely in the South, probably top two or three in the history of the SEC, Urban Meyer, one of the more fascinating, winning, and polarizing coaches of my lifetime, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, two of the better players on one of the current dynasties in college football, and they're in the South, like, that, that place will be buzzing. I don't know if they're going to be any good or not, but if you tell me Urban Meyer, Tebow, ETN, and Trevor Lawrence all on the same team, like, that, that, that team is getting eyeballs. That team is getting people that typically are just much more focused on college football that are going to pay attention. My guess is he does not make the team. I, 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 I just, I don't, I'm kind of indifferent. I just, whatever. I have no issue with you signing the guy. Uh, it's definitely going to bring some media attention. Not that they care about that, but like you're, you're not necessarily doing this for football reasons, right? Unless you truly believe he can make the team. And maybe Irvin believes that. Maybe he does. But their team's not good enough to worry about, like, is it going to ruffle some feathers in the locker room? Are people going to think that Tebow's the teacher's pet? Like, who, who gives a shit? Like, of course, Urban loves Tebow. You know who Urban likes more? Trevor Lawrence. That's his starting quarterback. Is, is Tebow repping with the threes? Or is he, like, repping with the ones? But back to what I said. If he makes the team at, in his early 30s, after he not played an NFL down or snap or put on pads in years, be incredible, man. It, it just, he won't go away. I, I, I will give Tebow Mania that. He keeps just creating content. I want to dive into what's going on right now with the NFLPA, which is the union, versus the teams. 
And for a long period of time, obviously last year, the off-seasons were canceled. There was no practice. There were no mandatory minicamps. There were no workouts in team facilities. It was understandable. We had a lot going on last year, a lot of unknown. This year, it felt like the NFLPA, led by the richest players, last year I think universally we all agreed, easier, go virtual, no big issue. This year, two of the most outspoken people, Aaron Rodgers, who might not have showed up regardless, and Tom Brady, who was on a call with the NFLPA last week and said, it's not like baseball asked guys in December to throw 95. Tom, I don't know if that's necessarily true. They don't do it with the team, but they definitely train on their own. Now, Tom's point was, why can't we just train on our own? Now, baseball season, I used to go to spring training when I worked in radio. That bad boy starts in about early February. And it goes, if your team's any good, well into October. Long period of time. Football season's clearly much shorter. But OTAs are happening. We had rookie mandatory minicamps last weekend. We're going to have them again this weekend. It looks like all the minicamps are on like Donkey Kong. And definitely the mandatory minicamp, which as, as someone who's gone to OTAs now for a decade, you get used to there are three or four OTA sessions. They usually start middle of the end of May and go through, you know, early, middle June. Only one is technically mandatory. The others are voluntary. Most of these teams get just the majority of guys to show up. Well, I think for the first time, and this represents a little bit of society, the middle class, the lower class, the poor guy never has any say. Look at the coronavirus and the shutdowns and the lockdowns. Do you know who had no say? The middle class worker. The middle class business owner. They were told what they could and couldn't do. You know who never had a shutdown? The rich elites. Right? I mean, Walmart, Target, the internet companies, where I live, one of the richest individuals in the state of California, Mark Benioff, was the loudest individual pounding the table for lockdowns. Shut it down! Lock it down! Easy for him to say he's a billionaire. During the lockdowns, in the winter, his company bought Slack for over $15 billion. Lockdowns were incredible for his business. Yet Billy or James or Susie that owns a small restaurant, it wasn't up to her. Shut down? You think she wanted to shut down? I remember being at a restaurant in Walnut Creek right before, in California, we had to get, we had a second wave of lockdowns in the winter for Christmas, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and everyone had to shut down beside, obviously, you know, Target, Walmart, the big boys, but restaurants shut them all down. They got shut down for three months. And I remember being at the best restaurant or best bar in uh, where I live. And I was talking to the owners like, yeah, I mean, I, I got no fucking pull here. I, obviously, business is booming right now. We don't want to shut down, but we have no choice. And if we don't do it, they'll pull my liquor license. And you, anyone in that business knows, one, liquor license, they're expensive. You know, depending on where you live, can be 75, 100, 150 grand because they have a limited amount. And two, he's like, even if I tried to, you know, break the rules there'd be no guarantee I could ever get my liquor license back. And if I don't have a liquor license, I don't have a business. They were treated like yo-yos. But the the thing that always bothered me the most is the working class people had no say. It was like they were just told what they had to do by the super rich people. Mark Benioff's like, shut it down. Meanwhile, his company's making $20 billion purchases during the lockdown. It's like, well, Mark, business is good for you. It's like, I don't have children but I, I obviously that was a point of contention the last 12 months. Like, I, I don't care what your opinion is on whether my kids can go to school or not if you have a stay-at-home nanny or an au pair. 
Like, or you have a 7,000 square foot home. Yeah, life's pretty easy. You got a, you got a nanny. You know, I know a lot of people, I'm sure many people listening, it was hard. It was difficult. Like, it's okay to have a strong opinion whether your kid should be go back to school. But as you know, you had no say. Your say was irrelevant. Well, that's typically how any the world works. The rich people set the tone. They get to decide everything. That's how society works. And I thought ultimately these OTAs would be shut down. I was like, they're not going to happen because Brady, Rogers, they got all the pull. But because there are way more, like in society, there are way more middle class and poor people than there are rich people. I know you get on social media, like the rich people, that's a small percentage. There are way less Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers and guys making 10 plus million dollars in the NFL than there are guys on veteran minimum salaries, than there are guys on rookie contracts. That is the majority of the league. And those people in the majority of the league, they need to work because that's how they survive. If I owned a deli and you were telling me I can't stay open, I might go under. Hell, a lot of people did. Where I live in California, there are businesses left and right that are shut down. Those people had no choice. If you tell me that I can't go to OTAs when the coach wants me to go there, there's a chance that I'm not going to make the team. It's easy for you to say making $20 million a year. It's another thing for me, like this is my shot. This is my opportunity. I'm a six-round pick. How do you think I'm going to get a look? And this was for the first time seeing all the middle-class guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers lost. You know why? Because their opinion, I hate to say it, shouldn't really matter. If you guys don't want to show up to practice, don't show up to practice. But if you don't think that the 5th, 6th, 7th, and late round, and obviously undrafted free agents, and guys on veteran minimum salaries need this work to, one, show their bosses that they can play, two, just to learn the offense, because ultimately when training camp hits, the limited reps they're going to get, it's hard to impress if you don't know what the hell is going on. And those guys outnumbered the rich guys, and they clearly are not listening. Now, listen, I'm not... I'm not pro or anti-union. I don't really care. I'd probably lean more anti-union, but obviously every industry is a little different. The union in football does play a role, but like they don't speak for everybody. Like when Demoria Smith is saying to cancel these OTAs, that is not speaking for the majority of the league. That's speaking for the rich people, right? That's speaking for his ruling class. And in society, what the ruling class wants is what they get. Because they're the ones paying for everything. They have all the fucking pool. In football, that's not the case. Ultimately, if you want to show up to work, like Tom Brady can't do anything about it. And the pushback is like Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, like you guys don't necessarily need the reps. And you definitely don't need to impress anybody. But we do. This is how we feed our families. And the only opportunity I have to make a living in pro football is probably to get into OTAs if I'm an undrafted free agent and show out. Because there's a chance... If there are no OTAs and all I get a training camp and I'm a seventh rounder and I'm an undrafted free agent, I might not get a real rep. I don't mean you won't get a rep in practice, but a rep that is taken seriously. And that non-rep may lead me to not getting the opportunity in a preseason game. Maybe I only get five preseason plays. Instead of if I had the opportunity in an OTA, I make some plays, then all of a sudden we get to the preseason game and I may get a quarter. I may get that last game a half. And that's how I show out to Belichick, to Andy, to Sean Payton, to Pete Carroll, to whoever. I can play. And they keep me. Hell, I make the roster. Or maybe it comes down to a practice squad spot between me and another guy. And my five plays, or my ten plays extra, make the team. And that will allow me on a practice squad making 90 grand where I would have been out of a job. 
That, that are the differences here. And I think it's cool to see because it never happens in society. It never happens. And no one consistently gets more screwed than the middle class guy. He pays a large percentage, especially in my state, in taxes, has no say in fucking anything. And that's typically like sports usually works that way too. But they'd had enough in this situation. And they're just showing up. The rookies are going to practice. Zach Wilson, I turn on him like, God, the Jets are practicing. You think the NFLPA wanted Zach Wilson to show up? But no, he didn't listen. He just showed up. The rest of his teammates showed up. And I think it's a big win just for the league as a whole. It's healthier this way. And it's the right thing to do. Because, like, listen, I've never played in the NFL. Offseason OTAs aren't that hard. You're also getting paid anyway. And as I read, a per diem is like $200 a day. For some guys, that can be $1,000 a week. Well, if you're an undrafted free agent or a late-round pick, that money might help. I mean, it really might. Yeah, to Tom Brady, to Aaron Rodgers, to the good players, that means nothing. But to a lot of these guys whose career we know are going to be two to four years fighting for every penny, fighting for every rep, matters. And the off-season activities in the sport of football matter. And clearly, you know, the... uh, the, the, the rich Pro Bowl elites, they didn't win in this case. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, You'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car 
that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16, had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. You can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Before we dive into the schedule release, I wanted to hit on something that jumped out to me. and I, I've been putting these philosophies together when I was in recruiting and you know around the team a lot in the NFL. The type guys you want on your roster. Right? It's no different than the type people you want to associate with in life. right? Positive, ambitious, smart, good people. High character people. Your life is better off when you have optimism and high character around you than when you have negativity and bad guys around you. Right? This is pretty basic. It's not that complicated. You keep happier people around you, probably going to be happier. You keep a close circle of negative downers, you're probably going to be pretty miserable, right? It's a big reason I've kind of tried to stay away uh, from uh, the Twitter.com because that is just a miserable place. I like to be happy. I like to be positive. And it doesn't come naturally for me, so it's easy to drown down there. A team's no different. You, one bad apple can ruin a locker room. Definitely, you know, a, a big personality bad apple. But I saw it had been reported last week that Tom Brady immediately reached out to Kyle Trask and told him, hey, man, let's get together, let's throw. And it was like, I can't imagine what Tampa, just the vibe of their franchise, obviously they just won a Super Bowl, but even before in Corona, having Tom around, reaching out to those guys, staying on those guys, whether it be Mike Evan, whether it be Chris Godwin, and just what he's meant, obviously, to Antonio Brown's career. Antonio Brown was done. It was over. Tom, without Tom Brady, his career's done. Playoff Lenny never happens if Tom doesn't pound the table for that. And I'm not even talking about like what Rodgers and Russell want more personnel. I'm talking about, don't worry, guys, I'll handle this. It's less about, I need this guy. It's him looking at the GM, looking at the coach and going, I got it, guys. I can handle it. And that's rare. And ultimately, going into the draft, you want to draft good guys, right? Ideally, you would want sweet players who are high-character guys. That's what every team would ideally pick. If you could get a great player, super high-character, you never have to worry about, or great player, total shithead, bad guy, can't trust. I think we all know which one we choose. But sometimes you get in these positions where you go, he doesn't even have to be that bad of a guy. There's just a lot of questions. And you go, I don't really want to take this guy, but he's the most talented guy on our board. 
And I think the, the best part about team building is trying to balance who you bring in and who you already have there. And I remember when I was with the Eagles, the New York Giants took JPP really high. And there were some question marks coming out about JPP and obviously not, and not even like bad, but just maturity stuff and it kind of played out, right? But he was a really talented player. What they had though with that franchise was a great infrastructure of high-level guys. Started with Eli, but Justin Tuck and, uh, and Osi. Like those two guys were super high-level and they just thought, we bring this guy around those guys, we can shape, we can mold them, and it worked. I think the first year they drafted him, they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> And I, that, that balance of going, we have a good group. Let's say you're the Packers, and you go, we have Devontae Adams. Doesn't it make sense for us to kind of potentially reach? And ideally, you just get another good guy that's a good player. But if we get a question mark, put him around that guy. Or just get a young guy and put him next to him. And let him learn from him. Because clearly, Jimmy Garoppolo learned from Tom Brady. Trey Lance's first call or text message that he received from a 49er was Jimmy G. Now, obviously, Jimmy G trying to, you know, repair the whole package, right? It's a good look. But he learned from Tom. That's what you're supposed to do. And I talked about it last week with the Colts and Frank talking about, he used a quote that was basically like, I got no problem using a risk or or, or taking a risk. Let's take a risk. But why would we when we've worked so hard to build this infrastructure? And they really have, right? Quentin Nelson, they trade for DeForest Buckner, who Kyle Shanahan said was everything they wanted in a 49er. And they even some of the Darius Leonard, super high character guy. I think he had a tweet, was it a year ago? Might have been this year. I, I can't remember. It was basically like, if you're a free agent and you're thinking about coming here and you're not a grinder and you don't practice hard every day, we got no fucking room for you. This is a place for grinders. <laughs> And that's, I mean, he's one of the best players on their team. And then last year, they take two really impressive young guys in Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. Like, they've developed a pretty good infrastructure. What were they able to do this offseason? And I think it works for the draft and just team building acquisition in general. They got Carson Wentz, who has some quote-unquote personality questions. Does he get along with everyone? Is he a good fit in your locker room? Those were legitimate question marks. Did people in the league, did people like me, the people listening, that we're all asking, like, what is going on? Do you know why they feel really good? We have an unreal landing spot. We don't have a bad seed in this room. We're full of high character, hardworking, good players. If you can't succeed here, you can't succeed anywhere. And it's a balance. Like, there's never a right or wrong time to do it. Think about the Bills last year with Stephon Dix. One thing I never got too down on Diggs, even though there were questions like, is he a diva or whatever? He always played hard. Whenever you watch the Vikings, he not only played hard, they were winning. So that meant he was a productive, winning player. Sometimes we have that question mark with guys on bad teams. What's he going to look like when you put him in the right environment? Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey. Well, as you can see, both those guys are so competitive, you put them on good teams, they're good. They belong in that environment. Now, sometimes it doesn't go that well, but the Bills get Stephon Diggs. He immediately hits it off with Josh Allen. Zero issues. They pay him, and he's awesome. Has an all-pro, Pro Bowl type season. Now, we've seen many instances in the past when it goes wrong, and it can go off the rails, but these are the balances, and this is why you get paid so much to be a GM or a head coach, because ultimately, these decisions are on you. 
everyone just thinks it's like about like just the draft or no, it's it's about everything. It's about do we feel comfortable? That's what so much of the draft process is. Even in free agency, I remember going to meetings, we talk about their personality stuff, right? I mean, obviously we had the information from when they were in college, but reaching out to coaches that were on the staffs that'd been around them on various teams, you're constantly worried. Because unlike most businesses, if you're making a $50 million acquisition, if you're making a $100 million acquisition, it's usually a business. It's usually like an entity. So you're just bringing over the product, right? Obviously there are people within the buildings that make the product, but you're ultimately just trying to buy the product and keep the cash flow going. In, in, in pro sports, but specifically football, you're buying a player and putting them into a large group of people. Like in basketball, you only got 12 guys on the team, right? Technically 15, but only seven or eight play on any team's worth of shit. Maybe some teams play nine, but definitely once the playoffs, you have a clear hierarchy. In football, everyone's kind of partaking, even if you're just a random like special teamer. Like you, you, you play a role. If you're a gunner, your kickoff guy, if you, if you get into a pinch, the guy, if you're dressing on game day, you're just an injury or two away from playing on offense or defense. So you have to be very, very careful. And I think ideally when you can set your franchise or set the tone where your best players are your best guys and best workers, you have a blueprint to build a powerhouse team. Now, obviously those guys got to be good players, but I think sometimes when you see bad teams, and definitely it happens in basketball and in football too, where you get guys that think more highly of themselves than they actually are. Like they're not as good as they think. And they're not great teammates. And it's why you lose, right? It's, to me, the best teams, everyone understands their role. Like look at last year with the Patriots, or excuse me, with the Bucks. Let's even take Brady out. Let's put in Gronkowski. Gronkowski shows up. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's arguably the best tight end of all time. Go down as, you know, one of the great, truly great players of all time. Not one issue in Tampa. Just comes in, helps guys out, help guys learn the offense, help guys get used to Tom, never complains about his role, and just seamless transition. That's hard to do. Like, I I wouldn't even blame him. Like, J.J. Watt this year with the Cardinals. He's going to come in. He's got a lot of pelts on the wall. I would imagine he comes in to be pretty seamless transition. But if it doesn't, if, uh, worst case scenario, and I it, I don't expect it to be like this, but a guy with a long history of a lot of success, what if he comes in, he walks in like his shit don't stink? The other guys on the team are like, bro, we've been here for a little while. You know, that, that meshing that is pretty hard. A.J. Green, think about some of those big names you bring in. When you bring in a big name, when you sign a big name, how they enter the workforce in football, unlike most of our normal jobs, like when you hire someone, I mean, at most, some of these guys making, right, a middle manager might make a couple hundred grand. Most employees aren't making that much money. That's why it's easy to get rid of, hire, and fire people. Where in sports, you not only know the person's resume, but you know how much money they're making. You know about their, like what they've done at other places. It's a very public job. And the, the good teams, they understand this. And they build their culture and they build their players uh, or their team around those type players. The ones that don't know what they're doing, don't have a vision, and end up with just a bunch of random guys. And even if you have talent, it's why it doesn't usually equal wins. Chemistry matters. Even the the advance of analytics and the power of numbers, which is a real thing, right? And, and we've always used numbers. I think it's actually a little overblown. But I, I'll never forget when I first got a job in radio, 
we had the Oakland A's. And they had a really good team at the time. And they had guys like Josh Donaldson, who won an MVP. Yoannis Cespedes, who was a badass. They just had some badass players. I remember going in their locker room in spring training. I got to go to spring training. It was pretty cool. I had worked in the NFL, but when you get to do something like that and go sit in the locker room and watch games, I was like, this is badass. Hanging out with like Bruce Bochy and you know meeting Bob Melvin and Bob Melvin saying he liked the show. It was really cool. Kind of felt, which I don't, I'm kind of numb to all this stuff sometimes. It felt like a little kid again. Going into the, I'm in the big league clubhouse. And just seeing the way all these guys interacted. They ended up winning the, did they win the division? Yeah, they won the division hosting playoff games. Like it was clear, and Billy is known as this like forefather, right, of numbers. And I, I truly believe he's one of the greatest general managers ever. I know he's never won a World Series. His owner is a joke. Without Billy Bean, that franchise would have gone bankrupt. They're a clown show. Yet every year, Google their record right now, they win. And he's doing it with like the third iteration of group of players because his owner won't pay anybody in the last decade. And I'll never forget talking to people on the staff, on the scouting staff and the coaches, how much they valued chemistry. And they truly, truly believed in it. Because I remember when the Warriors and the Rockets became big rivals. The Warriors' chemistry was elite. Ultimately, the Rockets didn't have great chemistry. And the Warriors always got over on them. Even the times when the Rockets probably shouldn't have won. There was always a little bit missing. Because you know what? The numbers can't quantify how much I like the guy standing next to me. How much I care about his family. Am I legitimately friends with the person? In most of our businesses, it helps, but it's not mandatory, right? Now, I do think it helps Like if you're going to go on a sales call with another human. If you guys have good chemistry and you're friends, probably easy to sell if you're working as a tandem. But if you're just doing cold calls and cubicles, like who cares if you like everyone or not? In football and basketball and baseball, when you're standing next to the guy, when you're playing with the guy every day for months on months in a public job with a lot of scrutiny, your character matters, right? Your, your emotional intelligence matters. Obviously, you mature as you go on. Who you have looking up, like who you have as stable veterans for your young guys to look up to matters. Can you imagine Kyle Trask? Now, Kyle Trask is coming from the SEC. He just was a starting quarterback at Florida. I bet when Tom Brady texts him, like, bro, let's throw soon. That had to be one of the coolest texts he's ever gotten in his entire life. Like, that, that's, that's what high-level people do. Now, obviously, he's one of the best players ever, but that happens all over the league with the good players and the high-character guys and the guys that, quote-unquote, get it. That's why some teams win and some teams lose. Schedule release week. Let's go, baby. Uh, I used to laugh at this. Now I take it really seriously. Part of it, I'm a content creator. The other part is, you know, I just, I get excited. Uh, And I wrote down five things that I'm looking for. You know, whatever your team is, but just the things that jump out to me when the schedule is released. Now, we already know who your team is playing. We know the 17 games. Every single one of them. Home and away. We just don't know the order. So let's go one. This is the first thing I jotted down. When is your buy? I think we all look for that. We always did. Well, they added a game. So wouldn't you imagine the buy is much more important this year? Now, I think ideally, you've always rooted for your buy to be somewhere between like seven weeks seven and nine, somewhere in the middle. Most people get really pissed when their buy is like week four. You would not want your buy week four. You would much rather have your buy week 10 or 11 than week four or five. So that, to me, is always a key. Now, I do think one day, 
as they probably eventually get to 18 games, implement two buys, but that's that's kind of irrelevant because we're not there now. And we're in a one buy, 17 week system. So to me, you want your buy week eight on. If your buy is a little earlier, it's just not ideal. Number two. Now maybe this impacts, you know, us out on the West more than some of you guys. Definitely the Midwest probably doesn't have as big of an impact. And if you are on the East Coast, when you play out on the West Coast, you gain time. So there is no better feeling. I know when I lived in Philadelphia and when I come out here for work or vacation, it was incredible getting hours back where it is really difficult. And the first time it really hit me working in football was when I worked at Fresno State. We played Wisconsin my first year, or I guess it would have been my second year, at an 11 a.m. kickoff, which was a 9 a.m. kickoff for us West Coasters. And, you know, you get up five hours or four hours before the game, so you're eating breakfast on your body clock at like five in the morning. So it's difficult for West teams to go East. And the Niners, Seattle, Arizona, the Rams, the Chargers, Denver, any kickoff against any of the Eastern Seaboard teams or the Eastern, you know, time zone teams that are 10 a.m. are not easy. They are hard on the body clock and a massive advantage for the East Coast team. I think it is much easier for the East Coast teams to come out West because those games are also at 1 o'clock, right, on the West. So really it's 4 o'clock, like they're wide awake. So the time zone games for the West Coast teams. Your Thursday night game. Every team has one. They're unavoidable. The first thing you look at is the game home or away. You would, every, you know, you would much rather have the Thursday home game. Clearly, right? It's much easier. But even if you had the Thursday night home game, the first thing I look for, what's your week before? It's very, very difficult for teams that have to play a road game, and maybe they have a new rule. Maybe this is the rule. You can't come off a road game and then play a Thursday night game, even though, if I remember correctly, that's definitely happened recently. But who are you playing before? Is it a big-time game? Are you playing like a Sunday night marquee game, and then you have a Thursday night game, even if it's a home game? Who you play before the Thursday night game does matter. That clearly is probably not as hard of a game as we once kind of talked about four or five years ago. I think guys have gotten more used to it. But it does matter what time of the season. Talking about the bye, you would much rather have the bye later. I would much rather have my Thursday night game week three or four. Right? I'm fresh. I'm into the season. I basically get an early, you know, if you win that Thursday night game, it's like a three-day weekend. Right? You get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. It's an incredible little mini bye. It can be used as a huge advantage. So when is the Thursday night game on your schedule? Who are you playing the week before your Thursday night game? Home or away? That, to me, really factors in. Uh, Obviously, love the primetime games. Uh, The Sunday night games, Monday night games are a big deal. They just are. You know, Monday night football, I think, is having somewhat of a little bit of a renaissance. It's kind of back. We're feeling good about it again. Who even called? Oh, it was Riddick and those guys. Uh, It's now flexible. So, who you play on Monday night football... Maybe I'm of a generation where it still means everything. Obviously, everyone older than me, it still matters. Like, Monday Night Football matters. You're marquee. You're by yourself. You get a couple Monday Night games. Sunday Night game, I think after week 11, is flexible. This year, Monday Night is flexible, too. 
But Sunday night, it just depends. If it's September or October, you're playing that Sunday night game. If it's, you know, late November, your team better be good or they'll kick you out of there. And they don't care who you are. I'm pretty sure they, te- they flexed a Dallas Cowboy game last year. Like, they-, they will flex anybody. Because the great part about the NFL, it's a national sport. If your team is good, if the Jags are a 12-win team, they will get flexed into Sunday night. It will happen. If they suck, we, like, we're not going to watch the Texans this year. We're probably not going to watch much of the Jets this year. The bad teams are just, we're not going to watch much of the Lions this year. But if you win, if the Lions somehow are 10-2, and two, they will get flexed. So the, the primetime games for the non, like Kansas City's, one question mark too is Rodgers, Packers, Chiefs, like that was going to be probably the best game on paper in the schedule release. Is Rodgers going to be on the team? I don't know. I, I, what would you do if you're the NFL? My, if I was Roger, I would say put it in primetime game, make it later in the season so it's flexible if somehow the Packers trade Rodgers and Jordan Love and the team doesn't turn out to be good. But if the if it we just put it in a flexible spot, even if they trade Rodgers, if they're still good, the Packers are a massive brand. I, I Packers Chiefs, I'm good with that. I'd say the biggest game on the schedule release, probably just on paper, is going to be Tom Brady returning to New England. That game feels like an absolute lock. I, I'd probably go Monday night. You could Thursday night feels like a little bit of a rush. I would put that on Monday night. Non-flexible. I would probably have that Monday night football in September. I would have that early on. And remember, Tampa gets the first Thursday night game because they won the Super Bowl. So that probably game is going to be against, I saw Dallas, uh, some of the good teams that they play. So I, Dallas-Tampa could be the opening game this week. And then the other game, again, this impacts us a little more on the West Coast just because we have nice weather, but cold weather games. You know, if you're a Steeler fan, like, you're just, you're playing cold weather games. Patriot fan, Jets fan, whoever. For us, like, if you're the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Niners, the Raiders, just these West Coast teams that do not, even the Colts, do you have two or three potential snow games in December? Do I have to go to Baltimore in late December? Do I have to play at Lambeau Field in November or December. Philadelphia, Washington, the New Yorks, New England. Like, that matters. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Like, those those places are cold. Miami, every year when their schedule comes out. Well, their division all plays in cold-weather cities. All of them are outdoors. Do I got to go to Chicago? December 20th or whatever. So, to me, cold-weather games, especially for certain players, let's face it, some quarterbacks... You feel more comfortable in a windy, cold-weather game than others. Derek Carr and Jared Goff's record in cold weather, not good. I don't really trust Matt Ryan in a rainstorm. I like my chances more with Russell Wilson, right? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are good in the cold. So I'm going, when's your bye, the time zones, the Thursday night game, week and who you play before, primetime games, and then, of course, I'm actually got my air conditioning on. It's a little chilly. I had to put on slippers because I had sandals on, and I was like, I'm cold. You know, it's 69 degrees. So us guys out west, we're a little soft when it comes to weather. We like our sun. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. You can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts, for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff. Instagram. Fire in there. You get right here on the pod. I also throw this up on YouTube. John Middlecoff's the page. I throw a bunch of the podcast content up there as well. Easy for people to to find. 
Try to try to get try to be with the times, you know. 2020s, new decade, heading into uh, brighter times, hopefully. Quick question for you: Do you think Fitzpatrick is getting a little overhyped? The dude has never won. The dude has never made the playoffs in a sneaky old. 38, he'll be 39 this season. He is very streaky, and not everyone can play lights out into their late 30s and early 40s like Brady and probably Rodgers. The Washington football team has a great defense, but it's hard to keep the defense that good every season. I agree. Do you think Washington has a real chance to win the division? I like Dallas's chances better. Uh, I think who wins the NFC East, I'm with you, the Eagles just have a lot of moving parts, new coach. If Washington gets the Ryan Fitzpatrick from Miami, yes, they will win the division. Dallas offense is going to be awesome. Their defense is in shambles. Now, should it be better with Dan Quinn? Yes, in theory, but have we watched the Falcons defense? They were atrocious. They were terrible. The Giants, a little bit like Washington, is just solid, but is Daniel Jones any good? I could envision all three of those teams winning it. Now, on Fitzpatrick, he was awesome last year. I mean, it was just from the eye test. I have to pull up his bio, but I don't know if it was the best statistical season of the year. Eye test, it's as good as he's played I've ever seen since maybe that one Buffalo Bills season. He was he was lights out. He came to, he came to Levi Stadium in the Bay. I remember the guy looked like Dan Marino. It was And every time Tua would get benched, he'd come in and they'd be awesome. He was fantastic. But I'm with you. Not only is he streaky, he's kind of like an overachiever. And I do think it's hard when you're an overachiever in sports. In life, like, you can fail, whatever, get knocked down. If you're an overachiever, you ain't going to stay down long. It is really easy to kind of regain yourself, even in tough times for overachievers, because that's the mindset. In sports, like, ultimately, you need your body to cooperate. So one thing, like, in the business world, if you just have your mind, your mindset, your will, your ambition, like, you just keep charging. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always charged. It was just sometimes his talent is not good enough. He doesn't have a great arm. Uh, and eventually, Father Time catches up with you. So, I, it's, it's a risky move. I don't know what else they were supposed to do, though. My question is about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kevin Colbert and the front office seemingly hits home runs every draft, especially on the offensive side. Why does it seem that they cannot figure out the not-so-distant future of the quarterback position? Their backup quarterbacks have been marginal at best, and they bring on a known problem with Haskins. It at least appears that they think Big Ben is going to last a lot longer, or they have a little faith in their backups. Well, they make the playoffs every year. So their first-round pick is never high. They, they never even have like a three or four or six-win season where they draft like 10th. And the one year when they went 8-8, eight and eight, they traded their first-round pick for Mika Fitzpatrick. But even when you go 8-8, eight and eight, you draft 18th. So it's a tough spot to get a quarterback. You saw it with Washington this year. They desperately needed a quarterback. They would have loved to take Trey Lance or Justin Fields. They're drafting too far away. So the Steelers are almost a victim of their own success when it comes to quarterbacks. And they've drafted mid-round guys. Mason Dobbs. Now, I never liked Dobbs. I didn't know that much about Mason. I watch him play. I'm not that big of a fan as a player. Uh, I just don't... What are they supposed to do? Now, what I might have done, I would have taken a flyer on Sam Darnold. But maybe Kevin Colbert says, I don't like Sam Darnold as a player. So I would trust his, you know, 
uh, professional opinion. He's arguably the best GM in the league, one of them. But part of being a GM, he's got to figure this situation out. It is hard to acquire him, right? I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm not touching Dwayne Haskins with a 10-foot pole. But their organization has always been a little bit like a more buttoned-up Raiders. They take chances because their culture, their infrastructure, Mike Tomlin, they mold you. You either shape in or they shape you out. And most guys shape in. So if Dwayne Haskins can't make it in Pittsburgh, he's out of the league. It's over. But I'm with you. Like, I don't think that's going to do much for him. I, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think there's an easy answer, I, I guess is my ultimate take here. I, I don't think they had an easy, no-brainer option. I mean, they thought about cutting Ben, but they were just so financially tied to him, they had to stick it out. What's up, John? I listen to the podcast every time there's a new one available. I'm 20, 27, and I live in Central Florida. I am wondering if going into scouting is even possible at this point. Also, would it be worth it to leave a job I'm at to get into scouting? Right now, I'm making 35 k a year. So how much of a loss do you think I would have if I tried to get into scouting? Well, my first year with the Eagles... I was 25 or 24 in 2010. I think I made $25,000. And that was the lowest position in the franchise, in the scouting department. 20 or 25. I think it was 25. Because I remember thinking, hearing the stories about the guys in New England who were called 20 for 20s, 20 hours a day, 20,000. I was like, I'm making more than those guys. Uh, But yeah, you don't make much. So you would take a pay cut. And listen, I also was coming from college football. So if you just, if you wanted your in and you didn't have a background, you might have to take like an unpaid internship, assuming that you could even get in the door. So yeah, I mean, you're not, your first year, if you have no experience, you're not going to be making 35 grand. Promise you that. But I, I, I advise every single human that I ever meet to this. Follow what you want to follow. Take a swing. You'll never live with regret. But you're not making a hundred grand, so you're not giving up ultimately that much. Like you can find another job, whatever you're doing. If you really want to try it out and it's something you think about, put all your chips in the middle of the table. And if it doesn't work out, so be it. And if it does, it's the best thing that you'll have ever done. But you can't be afraid, especially in your twenties, to take a huge swing. Now's the time, because hopefully, if things keep going well in life, you're just going to keep making more money, and it's going to be definitely hard to ever make the jump. So if you're thinking about it right now and you got an in or you know someone or whatever, you're just going to just put all your chips in the middle of the table or just start working the back channels now. And if you get the opportunity, take it. Then you can never live with regret or say, you know, I didn't try this one thing I wanted to do. Because life does get away from you. Once you start making a certain amount of money, whatever that number is for an individual or have a kid or get married, life becomes more complicated. That's for sure. So it, I, I would recommend if it's something that itches at you, scratch it. <laughs> scratch that itch, baby. Is it just me or did the Dolphins put Tua in a lose-lose situation last season? Coming off a busted hip with no offseason to their then tanking over the starting job of a quarterback who was playing winning football. Also, could people quit acting like Preston Wilson is some great talent? Guy is average at best. Pod's awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, Jacob, yeah, I mean, I, it was a tough situation. But Ryan Fitzpatrick looked good when he was in. 
as we just talked about. He he didn't just look good. He looked really good. Like, I, maybe not Pro Bowl good, but like fringe Pro Bowl. He had some games where it was like, this guy is playing like a high-end starter. So once they benched him, the bar was kind of high. And then Tua comes in. Like you said, he had come off an injury. He was a rookie. It's not easy. But he looked dramatically worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, you could, if I was countering it, Ryan Fitzpatrick's been in the league for 15 years. Of course Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be more comfortable. True. But then as the season went on, it felt like Tua got a little worse. And I'll never forget the Raider game. I think it was a Saturday night game or Thursday night game. It was Saturday. And Fitzpatrick comes in and saves the game. And that was later on in the season. It's like Tua wouldn't let it rip. Now, we could argue, did they have great weapons? Of course not. But, you know, I I think it's okay to go, listen, I'm not going to make an overall judgment of Tua that he's good or he sucks. But I think it is fair to say, not an ideal start. Now, life, football, not about where you start. It's how you finish. So he's getting a pretty good start now, right? They they just drafted uh, Jalen Waddle number six overall. Didn't they sign Will Fuller? Like they just added some speed. Now Will Fuller gets injured a lot, but time to put up or shut up now. And not put up or shut up, but like he should show that he's a pretty good player this year. Uh, following the big guy around all day today, I think you mean Bryson DeChambeau. Do you think his roller coaster of emotions will prohibit him from winning frequently? Or when he's riding high, he can just kill it? Love the pod. Heard you on Colin's feed. Picked up you and Guy's podcast. I appreciate it. If you're talking DeChambeau, I would say that he basically missed the cut, flew back, and still finished top 10. If he is hitting his driver straight, he's easily one of the best players in the world. He's an unsolvable force. But when you hit the ball 370 yards, and if he's not hitting it straight and in a course like Quail Hollow, where it's got some thick, some thick trees, and it's if you're off the beaten path, you're kind of screwed, it can look ugly. And I, I bet on him. I put $100 on him. The first couple days, he was all over the map. He, he's not going to play well at these hard courses when he's in the trees. But when he's hitting fairways, I mean, Rory was hitting at 350. And he was hitting fairways. And he was unstoppable. If Bryson hit fairways all week, like he would have been right there with Rory. I think his high end's really high. And yeah, he's emotional. John Rahm's emotional. A lot of golfers, like Justin Thomas, pretty emotional. One thing I think Rory really been Rory's become pretty even keel. Dustin Johnson, very even keel. If you get really emotional in golf, it's hard sometimes. Bryson gets, um, yeah, I mean, he's got to learn to gather his emotions. But he's pretty freaking good. So he won seven, eight times. He already got a major. He's 27. Like, to me, he easily could win another major this season. I'm a big Charger fan, and I can't understand why we don't go all out to surround Herbert with talent. I know the Spanos family has historically been labeled as cheap. However, surely every NFL GM has a license to use the full cap, rendering that narrative redundant. We are the golden window, great quarterback talent, plus rookie contract. We need to get aggressive. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that's going to change, though. Y- your owner pinches pennies. Uh, he's one of the cheapest guys in the league. It's not even just he operates cheap. He he thinks cheap. And when you think cheap, it, it's hard. In, in a league full of absolute ass-kicking rich guys who think aggressive, who think about spending, who think they'll do whatever it takes to win. There's a reason the Chargers always underachieve. 
It's not the owner. Ultimately, he has the money. They have cash. It's his mindset. What's crazy is I've known a lot of rich people that have inherited some wealth. Sometimes they tend to be pretty aggressive and get you in trouble. It's To me, it's weird when you inherit a bunch of wealth and you get really tight and cheap. I, I don't understand that. The Steinbrenners are kind of like that. And even though they're a much, much higher level than the Spanos, but like they're not like their dad. You think George? George would have been spending way more money. They'd have way more money. Part of the reason all these owners spend way more money now, they have an unlimited amount of wealth. Spanos is such a small-time thinker that it's just, it's kind of sad because I'm with you. They, they should have emptied the kitchen sink, which, I mean, they added a couple offensive linemen. Their, their general manager is good. They always hire coaches also that feel like they're cheap, even though Brandon Staley might become a really good head coach. He definitely was not very expensive. They never, ever swing for the fences. Like they would never hire a Lincoln Riley, an Urban Meyer. Thought of the perfect trade scenario for the Packers and would love to know your thoughts. Trade Jordan Love to Atlanta straight up for Julio Jones. Solves both teams' problems. Green Bay gets a top-flight receiver and gets rid of Jordan Love to appease Rodgers. Atlanta fixes their cap problems and gets potential heir to Matt Ryan and Arthur Smith. If I was Arthur Smith and I love Jordan Love coming out, I would be intrigued by that. I really would. He's cheap. We can develop him. I would 100% do that. Now, the Packers don't necessarily have the cap room, so I think they would have to cut somebody. But I've been saying all along, whether they trade Jordan Love for Julio, the Packers should be all over Julio Jones. What does it take to get him? Because all of a sudden, okay, Rodgers, I get it. You're pissed. You hate Gudikins. How about this? Devontae, Aaron Jones, Julio, Tanyan, let's fucking rock and roll. What are you going to do? Say you want to go to the Raiders over Julio and Devontae? Come on, bro. But the Packers actually got to do it. Are they going to pull the trigger? I think we'd all bet against them not doing it. 13-year-old in New York. I like the young demo. I want to hear your rundown on the Giants offseason and draft. Thanks. I love your pod and keep up the good work. I think the Giants on paper are pretty solid, right? They get Saquon coming back. They add Galladay. They add Tony in the draft. Smart move by Gettleman at a first rounder. Their defense is solid. They retained all their coaches. I mean, to me, it comes down to simply, is Daniel Jones any good? Is Daniel Jones someone you'd pick up his fifth-year option? Is Daniel Jones someone you would think about giving a contract extension? If he is, they should win nine games. If he's not, they could be a five- or six-win team again. And complaining that the Eagles, you know, bench their quarterback. It, I, I think their off, their coach looks solid. Feels like they got a solid group of guys. Leonard Williams, re-signed him. Leonard Williams was really good. Give Gettleman credit on that. I thought that was kind of a weird trade. It was good. He had a breakout season with all the sacks. He was a guy that could never land the quarterback. Gettleman believed in him and was proven right. I look at the... The Giants and the Washington football team very, very similarly. Both of them have a very, very solid core of just tough, physical-minded guys, good defensive players. Can they get a good quarterback play? Now, I bet on Fitzpatrick being better than Daniel Jones, but if Daniel Jones can just have a Ryan Fitzpatrick-type season, Giants could win the division. I totally agree the NFL shouldn't move a franchise to London. And they would be competitive free agent disadvantage and the fan interest would wane and the novelty factor of new visiting teams. 
Keep the current rotation approach. Secondly, the international image of the league is moving toward high-profile players rather than teams. Is there a concern that the league moves toward an NBA player power model where the strengths of the team franchise is diminished in order to maintain interest in their star names? Cheers. UK-based listener. God, I love the international listening. I need to get to the UK. Uh, feels like just a cool place. Never been there. Uh, would, would love to go. I don't think that's the case because I think basketball has failed that way. At the end of the day, if you grew up in LA, you're a Laker fan. You love Kobe because he became a Laker and spent his whole career as a Laker. You like Shaq when he was on the Lakers. Once he started bitching and moaning and you traded him away, like he wasn't your guy anymore. One of the reasons the NBA to me has had a precipitous drop-off in fan interest, they stopped putting the fan first. Fans care about teams. Wherever you grew up, you watch the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Knicks, whoever. You care about the team first. Now, obviously, if your team has a great player, you root for that player. But when your team sucks, when all these players leave, that sucks. Like, even if you love James Harden when he was on the Rockets, once he demands a trade and says, screw you to the city of Houston trades, what are you supposed to do? Just follow him wherever he goes? Your team then sucks. That's awful for the fan. Like, ultimately, I think most Packer fans want Rodgers to come back, but they're going to keep rooting for the Packers. They, they just really are. Because I think right now, if you're a Packer fan, you go, Aaron, your team's pretty freaking good. You've had it pretty awesome. I'd say Tom Brady is somewhat of an outlier. He brought them six championships. Six. So if you're a New England fan, like, listen, Tom was 42 years old. He wanted a, a new start, a new team. We get it. So I'd say Tom's an out. He brought us the greatest 20 years we'll ever have. We can't thank him enough. He's a legend. But he's our guy, and I'm going to root for him in Tampa. To me, the way he didn't handle like Rodgers either. He was a free agent. He left. And it was clear Belichick wanted to move on from him. Rodgers is like destroying the franchise. So I, I don't think that'll be the case. Because I think deep down, we root for the team first. Now the players come with the team, but fans are team first. Because usually you root for a team where you live. You care about where you're from. Even if you leave, I'm someone who's left, come back, and I live, you know, an hour, 45 minutes, depending on traffic, away from where I grew up. I take pride in where I grew up, right? I mean, I, I grew up a Big Kings fan, and I still kind of subtly root for them. Not really, but <laughs> if they were good, I'd be a fan again. I doubt you have time to read all your DMs, but it would be... Willing would be so awesome to meet you and ask you a few questions. I live in Northern California and can come to you. My dream is to scout. I would like to pick your brain. I'll buy. We can go to any restaurant you choose. Ruth Chris, Flemings. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot this guy a DM. I get this question a lot. The, the best thing you can do, you got to get involved in football. If you truly want to work in football, you just got to get involved. Whether that means starting at the high school level whether that means getting involved in the college level, you got to get in football. Because you can't just be not in football and have no football experience beside maybe like played in high school and be 26, 27 and think you're going to get an in. Because they're like, well, do you know what you're talking about? Just because you're a fan or whatever? you got to get involved. That would be my number one recommendation. Find a way into a college program. And it might be working for free. It sucks, but I did it when I was at Cal Poly. And it helped kind of open doors and get me in places like Fresno State. 
And I would never have worked in the NFL if it wasn't for Fresno State. Zero chance. 100%. No chance. Zero. I mean, it would not have happened. So you got to find a way in. That's always my, uh, my number one advice. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week. Adios. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.